This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. Dekawa Playhouse Episode 22 It's time for Dekawat Playhouse. Let us return to the 1980s and a small liberal arts college in western Pennsylvania. Here, without the distractions of alcohol or intervisitation, students had nothing else to do but amuse themselves with strange radio shows and college bands. Announcer Bot, what have you retrieved from the vaults of history tonight? Classic Radio Theater. The Hitchhiker. Grove City's Hotspot at 89.5. WSAJ-FM, Grove City, Pennsylvania. Good evening. Welcome to WSAJ Classic Radio Theater. Our production this evening is The Hitchhiker by Lucille Fletcher. Man is a creature that likes to hide from reality. Witness the automobile, a cubicle in which we travel, isolated from the world around us. How often have you traveled alone in a car with no radio, only the sound of your heart, and experienced another reality? I'm in an auto camp on 66 just west of California, Mexico. If I tell it, perhaps it will help me. keep me from going mad. But I must tell this quickly. I'm not mad now. I feel perfectly well, except that I'm running slight temperature. My name is Ronald Adams. I'm 36 years of age, unmarried, tall, dark, with a black mustache. I drive a 1940 Ford V8, license number 6V798. I was born in Brooklyn. All this I know. I know that I am at this moment perfectly sane, that it is not I who has gone mad. It's something else, something utterly beyond my control. But I must speak quickly. At any moment, the link with my life may break. This may be the last thing I ever tell on Earth, the last night I ever see the stars. Six days ago, I left Brooklyn to drive to California. Goodbye, son. Good luck to you, my boy. Goodbye, mother. Here, give me a kiss, and then I'll go. I'll come out with you to the car. No, it's raining. Stay here at the door. Hey, what is this? Tears? I thought you promised me you wouldn't cry. I know, dear. I'm sorry, but I do hate to see you go. I'll be back. I'll only be on the coast three months. Oh, it isn't that. It's just the trip. Ronald, I wish you weren't driving. Oh, Mother. There you go again. People do it every day. I know. But you'll be careful, won't you? Promise me you'll be extra careful. Don't fall asleep or drive fast or pick, or pick up any strangers on the road. Lord, no. You think I was still 17 to hear you talk. And wire me as soon as you get to Hollywood, won't you, son? Of course I will. 
Now, don't you worry. There isn't, there isn't anything going to happen. It's just eight days of perfectly simple driving on smooth, decent, civilized roads with a hot dog or a hamburger stand every 10 miles. I was in excellent spirits. Drive ahead of me, even in loneliness, seemed like a lark. But I reckoned without him. Crossing the Brooklyn Bridge that morning in the rain, I saw a man leaning against the cables. He seemed to be waiting for a lift. There were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. He was carrying a cheap overnight bag in one hand. He was thin, nondescript, with a cap pulled down over his eyes. He stepped off the walk, and if I hadn't swerved, I'd have hit him. I would have forgotten him completely, except that just an hour later, while crossing the Pulaski Skyway over the Jersey Flats, I saw him again. At least he looked like the person. He was standing now, with one thumb pointing west. I couldn't figure out how he got there, but I thought probably one of those fast trucks had picked him up beaten me to the Skyway and let him off. I didn't stop for him. Then, late that night, I saw him again. It was on the new Pennsylvania Turnpike between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. It's 265 miles long, with a very high speed limit. I was just slowing down for one of the tunnels when I saw him, standing under the, an arc light by the side of the road. I could see him quite distinctly, the bag, cap, even the spots of fresh rain spattered over his shoulders. He hailed me this time. Hello. I stepped on the gas like a shot. That's lonely country through the Alleghenies. I had no intention of stopping. Besides, the coincidence, or whatever it was, gave me the willies. I stopped at the next gas station. Yes, sir? Fill her up. Certainly, sir. Check your oil, sir? No, thanks. Nice night, isn't it? Yes. It hasn't been raining here recently, has it? Not a drop of rain all week. I suppose that hasn't done your business anymore. Oh, people drive through here all kinds of weather. Mostly business, you know. There aren't many pleasure cars out in the turnpike this season of the year. I suppose not. What about hitchhikers? Hitchhikers here? What's the matter? Don't, don't you ever see any? Not much. If we did, it would be a sight for sore eyes. Why? The guy'd be a fool who started out the hitch on, on this kind of road. Look at it. It's 265 miles long. There's practically no speed limit, and it's a straightaway. Now, what car is going to stop to pick up a guy under this condition? Would you stop? No. Then you've never seen anybody? Nope. Maybe they get the lift before the turnpike starts. You know, just before the toll house. But then it'd be a mighty long ride. Most cars wouldn't want to pick up a guy for that long a ride. And you know, this is pretty lonesome, lonesome country here. Mountains and woods. You ain't seen anybody like that, have you? No. Oh, no, not at all. It was just a, a technical question. I see. Well, that'll be just $1.49 with the tax. Thing gradually passed from my mind, sheer coincidence. I had a good night's sleep in Pittsburgh, did not think about the man all next day, until just outside of Zanesville, Ohio, I saw him again. 
It was a bright, sunshiny afternoon. The peaceful Ohio fields, brown with the autumn stubble, lay dreaming on the golden light. I was driving slowly, drinking it in, and the road suddenly ended in a detour in front of the barrier. He was standing. Let me explain about his appearance before I go. I repeat, there was nothing sinister about him. He was as drab as a mud fence, nor was his attitude menacing. He merely stood there, waiting, almost drooping a little, the cheap overnight bag in his hand. He looked as though he had been waiting there for hours. When he looked up, he hailed me. He started to walk forward. I had to stop the car, of course, for the detour. And for a few moments, I couldn't seem to find the new road. I knew he must be thinking that I had stopped for him. Hello? 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 No, not, not just now. Sorry. Going to California? No, not today. The, the other way. Going to New York. Sorry. Sorry. After I got the car back into the road again, I felt like a fool. Yet the thought of picking him up, of having him sit beside me, as some, was somehow unbearable. Yet at the same time, I felt more than ever unspeakably alone. Hour after hour went by. Fields, the towns ticked off one by one. The lights changed. I knew now that I was going to see him again. And though I dreaded the sight, I caught myself searching the side of the road, waiting for him to appear. Yep. What is it? What do you want? You, you sell sandwiches and pop here, don't you? Yep, we do. In the daytime. But we're closed up for the night now. I, I know, but I was wondering if you could possibly let me have a cup of coffee. Black coffee. Not at this time of night, mister. My wife's the cook and she's in bed. Maybe further down the road. The honeysuckle rest. No, no, don't shut the door. Listen, just a minute ago, there was a man standing here, right beside this stand. A suspicious looking man. Henry? Who is it, Henry? It's nobody. Just a fellow who thinks he wants a cup of co coffee. Go to bed. I don't mean to disturb you, but you see, I was driving along when I just happened to look, and there he was. What was he doing? Nothing. He ran off when I stopped the car. Then what of it? That's nothing to wake a man in the middle of his sleep about. Young man, I've got a good mind to turn you over to the sheriff. But I... You've been taking a nip. That's what you've been doing. You haven't got anything better to do than wake up decent folk out of their hard-earned sleep. Get going. Go on. But he looked as though he were going to rob you. I ain't got nothing in this stand to lose. Now on your way before I call out Sheriff Oaks. I got into the car again and drove on slowly. I was beginning to hate the car. I could have found a place to stop, to rest a little. I was in the Ozark Mountains of Missouri now. A few resort places were closed. Only an occasional log cabin, seemingly deserted, broke the monotony of the wild wooded landscape. 
I had seen him at that night roadside stand. I knew I would see him again, perhaps at the next turn of the road. I knew that when I saw him next, I would run him down. But I did not see him again until late next afternoon. I had stopped the car at a sleepy little junction just across the border into Oklahoma to let a train pass by when he appeared across the tracks, leaning against a telephone pole. It was a perfectly airless, dry day. The red clay of Oklahoma was baking under the southwestern sun, yet there were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. I couldn't stand that without thinking Blindedly, I started the car across the tracks. He didn't even look up at me. He was staring at the ground. I stepped on the gas hard, veering the wheel sharply toward him. I could hear the train in the distance now, but I didn't care. Then something went wrong with the car. It stalled right on the tracks. The train was coming closer. I could hear its bell ringing and the cry of its whistle. Still, he stood there. And now, I knew that he was beckoning, beckoning me to my death. Well, I frustrated, I frustrated him that time. The starter had worked at last. I managed to back up. When the train passed, he was gone. I was all alone in the hot, dry afternoon. After that, I knew I had to do something. I didn't know who this man was or what he wanted of me. I only knew that from now on, I must not let myself be alone on the road for one moment. Hello there. Like a ride? What do you think? How far are you going? Uh, Amarillo. I'll take you to Amarillo. Amarillo, Texas? I'll drive you there. Gee. Mind if I take off my shoes? My dogs are killing me. Go right ahead. Gee, what a break this is. Swell car, a decent guy. Driving all the way to Amarillo. All I've been getting so far is trucks. Hitchhike much? Sure. Only it's tough sometimes in these great open spaces to get the brakes. I should think it would be. Though I'll bet if you get a good pickup in a fast car, you can get to places faster than say, another person in another car. I don't get you. Well, take me, for instance. Suppose I'm driving across the country, say, at a nice steady clip of about 45 miles an hour. Couldn't a girl like you, just standing beside the road, waiting for lifts, beat me to a town after town, provided she got picked up every time in a car doing from 65 to 70 miles an hour? I don't know. Maybe she could, maybe she couldn't. What difference does it make? Oh, no difference. It's just a crazy idea I had sitting here in the car. <laughs> Imagine spending your time in a swell car thinking of things like that. What would you do instead? What would I do? If I was a good-looking fellow like yourself? Why, I'd just enjoy myself every minute of the time. Sit back and relax. And if I saw a good-looking girl along the side of the road, hey, look out! Did you see him too? See who? That, that man, standing beside the barbed wire fence. I didn't see nobody. 
It wasn't nothing but a bunch of steers and the barbed wire fence. What did you think you was doing? Trying to run into the barbed wire fence? There was a man there, I tell you. A, a thin gray man with an overnight bag in his hand. And I was trying to run him down. Run him down? You mean kill him? He's a sort of phantom. I'm trying to get rid of him or else prove that he's real. But you say you didn't see him back there? You're sure? I didn't see a soul. As far as that's concerned, mister, I... Watch for him the next time, then. Keep watching. Keep your eyes peeled on the road. I'll tell... I'll... You'll turn up again. Maybe any minute now. There. Look there. How did this door work? I'm getting out of here. Did you see him that time? No. I didn't see him that time. Personally, mister, I don't expect never to see him. All I want to do is go on living. And I don't see how I will very long driving with you. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what came over me. Please, don't go. If you'll excuse me, mister. You can't go. Listen, how would you like to go to California? I'll drive you to California. <laughs> Seeing pink elephants all the way? No thanks. I, I could get you a job there. You wouldn't have to be a waitress. I have friends there. My name is Ronald Adams. You can check up. Uh-uh. Thanks, just the same. Listen, please. For just one minute. Maybe you think I'm half cracked, but this man. You see, I've been seeing this man all the way across the country. He's been following me. And if you can only help me, stay with me until I reach the coast. You know what I think you need, big boy? Not a girlfriend. Just a good dose of sleep. There. I got it now. No, you can't go. Ah! Keep your hands off of me, you hear? Come back here. Please come back. She ran from me as though I were a monster. A few minutes later, I saw a passing truck pick her up. I knew then that I was utterly alone. I was in the heart of the great Texas prairies. There wasn't a car on the road after the truck went by. I tried to figure out what to do, how to get a hold of myself. If I could find a place to rest, or even if I could sleep right here on the car for a few hours along the side of the road. I was getting out my winter overcoat out of the back seat to use as a blanket Hello? when I saw him coming toward me, Hello? emerging from the herd of moving steers. Hello? Hello? I didn't wait for him to come any closer. Perhaps I should have spoken and fought it out then and there. For now, he began to be everywhere. Whenever I stopped, even for a moment, for gas, for oil, for a drink of pop, a cup of coffee, a sandwich, he was there. I saw him standing outside of the auto cab in Amarillo that night, and I dared to slow down. He was sitting near me at the drinking fountain, a little camping spot just inside the border of New Mexico. He was waiting for me outside the Navajo Reservation, where I stopped to check my tires. I saw him in Albuquerque, where I bought 12 gallons of gas. I was afraid now, afraid to stop. I began to drive faster and faster. I was in, a, in lunar landscape now, the great arid mesa country of New Mexico. I drove through it with the indifference of a fly crawling over the face of the moon. But now he didn't even wait for me to stop. 
unless I drove at 85 miles an hour over those endless roads, he waited for me at every other mile. I would see his figure, shadowless, flitting before me, still in its same attitude, over the cold and lifeless ground, flitting over dried up rivers, over broken stones cast up by old glacier upheavals, flitting in the pure and cloudless air. I was beside myself when I finally reached Gallup, New Mexico this morning. There was an auto camp here, cold, almost deserted at this time of year. I went inside and asked if there was a telephone. I had the feeling that if only I could speak to someone familiar, someone that I loved, I could pull myself together. Number, please. I'd like to put in a call to my home in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Ronald Adams. The number is Beechwood 20828. Thank you. One moment, please. I had read somewhere that love could banish demons. It was the middle of the morning. I knew my mother would be home. I pictured her, tall, white-haired, in her crisp house dress, going about her tasks. It would be enough, I thought, merely to hear the even calmness of her voice. Will you please deposit $3.85 for the first three minutes? When you have deposited a dollar and a half, will you wait until I have collected the money? All right, deposit another dollar and a half. Will you please deposit the remaining 85 cents? Ready with Brooklyn. Go ahead, please. Hello? Mrs. Adams' residence. Hello? Hello, Mother? This is Mrs. Adams' residence. Who is it you wish to speak to, please? Why, who's this? This is Mrs. Whitney. Mrs. Whitney? I don't know any Mrs. Whitney. Is this Beechwood 20828? Yes. Where's my mother? Where's Mrs. Adams? Mrs. Adams is not at home. She's still in the hospital. The hospital? Yes. Who is this calling, please? Is it a member of the family? What's she in the hospital for? She's been prostrated for five days. Nervous breakdown. But who is this calling? Nervous breakdown? But my mother was never nervous. It's all taken place since the death of her oldest son, Ronald. Death of her oldest son, Ronald? Hey, what is this? What number is this? This is Beechwood 20828. It's all been very sudden. He was killed just six days ago in an automobile accident on the Brooklyn Bridge. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. Sir, your three minutes are up. deserted auto camp in Gallup, Mexico. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to get a hold of myself. Otherwise, I shall go mad. Outside, this night, vast, soulless night of New Mexico. A million stars are in the sky. Ahead of me stretch a thousand miles of empty mesas, mountains, prairies, desert. Somewhere among them, he is waiting for me. Somewhere, I shall know who he is. 
and who I This has been the Classic Radio Theater production of The Hitchhiker by Lucille Fletcher, starring Mark Stewart as Ronald Adams, Karen Singley as his mother, Mark Wilson as The Hitchhiker, Joel Rischel as The Mechanic, P.D. Gregg as Henry, Jan Leuchtenberger as The Girl, Lisa Quaresimo as the operator, and Sandra Cressley as Mrs. Whitney. This production was directed by Larry Bowald with technical direction by Martin Christoffel and technical assistance by Mike Johnston and Paul McGill. The music was written and performed by Ray Volz, especially for this production. Tune in three weeks from tonight when we present two mystery stories, Green Hat and Yellow Feather and Captain Paul. Until then, don't look over your shoulder. It might be catching up. For more information, please visit sfpodcastnetwork.com on the interweb. Thank you for listening, and farewell from all of us at Decawatt Playhouse.